Hey, we're back with another episode of I Hate Selling Live. I'm Ryan McKenzie. Uh, good to be with you guys today. We've got a special, special show. We've got Sean and Kristen, Kirsten, sorry, with Sub30 Fitness. And uh, they got some cool stuff going on. Uh, and I want to talk to them about a lot of cool things. So we'll get to what they're doing later. Right now, once you guys get to know them, um, they are on the opposite side of the world from me. So I'm recording this. I'm about to go to bed. They're just waking up. It's uh, <laughs> it's really awesome that we have this this technology because, you know, a lot of things changed with COVID. For me, working with people in Australia, New Zealand, other side of the world, it it's kind of stayed the same. It's like I'm on Zoom calls all the time. So that's a nice thing, right? But um, Sean, Kirsten, how are you guys doing? Very, very well. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having us on board. We're, yeah, we're doing so good. As you say, we're, uh, we're on different time zones. I'm at 8.25 in the morning. I think Kirsten's at 12.25 in the afternoon in New Zealand. I'm in Perth, Australia. So it's weird. And you're at nighttime. How cool is this? It's the best. It's the best. Time. I get to know what tomorrow's going to be like today. It's also like time travel. <laughs> you remember that, the show Early Edition? The guy got the newspaper the day before and he would like read what's going to happen the next day. You have to go save the world. Like that's... <laughs> That's it. Um, so before we get into who you guys are, I got I got questions for you. Um, well, this is really tells us who you are more than anything else. One, what's your favorite cereal? And you can't say some kind of like healthy, like I don't eat cereal. It's so bad for you. Like <laughs> if you had to eat cereal for the rest of your life, which brand of crappy cereal would you eat? Person, this is bigger than the enneagram. This is a personality test right here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you. Like I don't know. If I, sorry, Kirsten, you go first. Go. I love Cocoa Pops. Cocoa, Cocoa Pops. Pops with coconut milk is like a bounty in a bowl of goodness. <laughs> that, I've never thought of that, though, actually. The coconut and the... Wow, I like I like you already. This is good. <laughs> Sean, top it, man. Cocoa Pops with I, coconut milk. She's thought about it. I grew up in Ireland. So I'm not sure if you had Fruit Loops. Did you ever did you have Fruit Loops? Yes. Were you from? So you did, yes. Yeah, so... Fruit Loops as a kid, oh my God. Back then we didn't know how bad sugar was for you. So we just ate them galore. So I think it's, what is it? 99% sugar and I think yeah, you're why not? Sugar. Why not? No, I had beautiful. a bowl of Fruit Loops one time and they were left out. And I didn't realize that the bag was open and they were stale. And now that, when I was a kid, this happened. And that, that image and that taste is like lodged into my subconscious. So every time <laughs> I think Fruit Loops or my kids have a bowl or anything like that, I'm just like, ugh. Oh, I get just like I, I taste stale cereal, and it's just like it's gross. But it's like the alcohol drink. Remember a day when I used to love it, you know? Like it's like I want to. But anyway, um, okay. So that's that's question number one. You guys passed the flying colors. Number two, this is all the important stuff, right? What is one odd thing that you do, or one odd thing about your life that not many people know? What's one odd thing? We'll go, ladies first. Kirsten, where are you at? Where are you at here? Give us something odd. Maybe um, people listening here don't know. So I've got my second toe is longer than my big toe. You know yeah. what that means? And it's you know so what that means, gross, Kirsten? like because I like running, so it's like this, and I always lose the toenail. It's oh. <laughs> I can tell you a story about that. Have a guess what that means. It means you're of Celtic origin. It means you're family from years ago are from a Celtic origin. That's what that means. I'm the same. Anyone who's who's Irish or anything that's Scottish from that uh, yeah. era or from that era, from that, that type of family should have uh, 
your second toe bigger. There you go. You've That's got good wild. genes. Never knew that. Never knew it. I'll have to check my toes later because I know you're going to be wondering Mackenzie <laughs> over here, like Scott Irish or something, you know, we'll see how long my toes are. Sean, what about you? Oh, this, I don't know if this is weird or not, but I have this thing when I, it's probably not, probably everyone does it, but when I go to the petrol bars and put petrol in, I have to finish on zeros. So I can't fill it up for $69.27. I have to finish on 70. I have to finish okay. on those zeros. And it doesn't okay. matter if petrol okay. is spilling all over the floor. A little OCD. It's like, it's, can I top your car off? Because I can't stop here. Like, can I just like... Yeah. <laughs> I just say if I miss it, if I go like $70.01, I have to keep going. I have to keep going. Wow. I don't have zeros. It's just oh, amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right, good stuff. So guys, give us a little rundown of what's going on. I know you guys have actually never met in person, but you're working together on some projects. Um, Sean, I know you do the Subcore 30 and a lot of product, a lot of, um, what, what's the right word for that? A lot of uh, training for trainers on how to actually train people, right? That's a, that's a yep. good way to put it maybe. And then how did you guys get connected? What are you, what are you working on now? Because I've got some thoughts, but I want, I want to, you tell everybody and then I got to pick your brain about this. Sure. Both Kirsten and I have got separate fitness businesses, but we've got one thing in common, and that is a passion for the core region. I've got my sub-30 core, um, and Kirsten does her bit with the moms, what she does with Casey Fit at home as well. Um, basically, I do a lot of training, MP3. I design MP3 workouts based upon the core region. So my passion is solely for the core. And um, I released it over a year ago now, and Sub30 Core is what now in 15 different countries. We've got 2,000 trainers who are using it in one capacity or the other. In the last year, it's just gone nuts. Um, and Kirsten, she'll probably tell you very quickly about her KC fit at home as well. And then we'll talk about, yeah. How we tell us about what you're doing, Kirsten. Um, I help to improve the functionality of vaginas and the core down the front. Um, pelvic, pelvic floor training right is that yes, the idea yeah. yeah so i um i got injured i was been a trainer for two years and it was seven years after i had my daughter and i tore my tummy and weakened my pelvic floor through exercise so that experience taught me trainers don't know how to train mums and i have online programs to help them i run classes here and i've got pelvic floor courses for trainers and that's where Sean and I um, came together to teach that foundational level of getting I your deep that. core really strong and not just the outside abs that everyone yes. strives to get. Yes. So I, I like, you know, Sean's got the sub 30 core. You're, you're working on pelvic floor stuff with, I'm assuming not just moms, but specifically pre and postnatal more than anything, right? Is that where your focus is the biggest or is it across the board? It's across the board. So um, one in three mums leak, and then that statistic gets worse as we age as women. And many women prolapse or have problems through weightlifting, not being a mum. So yeah. pre-children, problems happen. We're weighing ourselves from training really hard. So I'm looking to educate in that area as well to prevent it even getting worse after having kids. That's good. That's good. So um, I want to back up real quick because what you guys coming together with this is really neat to me because I've got um, just connections to both of you in, in a different way. Um, I'm remembering myself as a younger trainer right, when I first started and they put you on the floor shift at the gym. We're at a really nice gym. We have abs classes, right? And they say, hey, you're going to go teach an abs class. It's 15 minutes. You just run them through some core exercises. You'll be fine. Um, they make you watch a couple 
and make sure you're certified in training and then you go do it. And so I'm like terrified, but then I watch a couple and I was like, okay, just beat them up. Don't let them talk. We'll kill their abs. So they're sore as crap for a week and they don't come back for a week. And my abs class got huge. Like people were just like, it was massive. Cause I was just, I would I'm like, I'm going all out here. We're going to, we're going to kill it. It's like crunches, planks, sit-ups, twists. I just nonstop 15 minutes. And by the time you're done, like they're just in a puddle of sweat and they can't move because they can't even sit themselves back up. Right. Like <laughs> great workout in quotes, right. That's how everybody thinks of a great ab workout. And I regret that so much now, like my early days of training, thinking I'm just going to beat people up, make them feel really, really sore in their core. And that's, what's going to get them a six pack. And you see all these guys who have skinny legs, big guts, no, no upper body. And they think I need to do cardio. I need to work my core. That's what's going to lose this big gut that I've got. And it never changed, right? It never changed. So I'm like, I remember just going and trying to just beat up people as hard as I can. And I think every trainer falls into that. Like, I'm going to show people how good I am by how hard it is. I'm going to show you how good I am by how creative it is or complex it is. Not, you know, you don't want to hurt anybody, but you're not really worried about hurting anybody because if they can't do it, they shouldn't do it. That's like the mindset that, that I had falsely yeah. enough. Right. So Sean, maybe you can talk to this a little bit with when I was first starting training my first five years of training. And I think, even right now in the industry, we've got this mindset where I've been training for two years. So I know a thing or two now, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, good, we can get on. That's a whole other topic. But my first five years, I'm, I remember just looking back, I'm like cringing at the stuff I used to do with people. Just, and, and I, I remember if you told me, hey, Ryan, why don't you like, here's a program to follow. I'd be like, no, that's not authentic. You know, that's not me. That's fake. That's like, I, I'm not just going to follow a system because that's not what people want they want me and they want it to be as hard as possible not some so can you talk a little about that whether it's your program or not doesn't matter but like the idea of following something that's been tested that's like proven to work that's not like trainer just killing somebody like if they're like that that was my bent right that's where i went wrong other people might be afraid to build a program because they don't know what they're doing all the way so how does that help a, a trainer or a gym to get on with something that's pre-made that's like designed already and they're not to worry about anything. I think what's really the, the, one of the biggest things I've learned over the last couple of years as well is a lot of the important stuff, the really important stuff on training people isn't taught in fitness academies. Mm. It's not taught in the institutions or the, or what we call TAFEs here in WA. The really, really important part, and especially with with working with moms. And I use I use an example on on the workshop we do, and I say, listen, um, for many, many years, I had this process where a mom would come to me, and she just had a baby, and the first question I would ask would be, um, have you had medical clearance? And if it's yes, fantastic. That's all I need to know. This person would start training with me. I'd start them off low level and would slowly build up their confidence, their endurance, their fitness level. And I thought I was doing the right thing because that's the way I was taught. But what I've learned now is, God, it's, it, is, it couldn't be further from what we should be doing. And I wish I'd, I'd met someone like Kirsten about 10 years ago when I first started in the industry because um, I have learned so much in regards to how to train people properly. And it is, it's just not a matter of going, listen, let's just smash these people because you're gonna be doing a lot more damage everyone's different. And that's one thing I've learned with working with Kirsten. Every single mom, every single female you work with is completely different. It's not one glove fits all. So when you've got this system to follow, 
um, there's a very good chance that you're going to be doing more damage to that person than you should. And Kirsten just told her story how seven years after having her baby, she uh, done severe damage to her pelvic floor and her yeah. abs through exercise. And that's just, that answers the question perfectly, well, I think. And I, I found, from my, I want to hear Chris, Kirsten's thoughts on this too, but I found it gets exhausting after a year or two of doing never doing the same workout twice, right? You're always creative. You're always doing something else. And people that come get exhausted too because they're always having to learn a new movement or to learn something else rather than see themselves progress. And you can't really see progression without repetition, right? So you never get in the gym and do one rep of every single exercise in the gym unless you're a powerlifting and you're, you would never even do that anyway. That's ridiculous, right? So why do we think as a trainer, we need to come up with brand new exercises every single time when our, in a one workout, we wouldn't do 37 different exercises just to prove that it's creative and not repetitive. We do repetitions, we do sets. And it, those repetitions and sets also need to progress throughout the week, throughout the months, throughout the seasons to actually see change. So we can know that, we, that we're changing so that we can know we're getting better so we can feel progress. And from a sales perspective, to bring it back to what I love, that I hate selling stuff, right? Is I can actually show someone what we're working on and progressing if we have a baseline and if we're actually working on it, right? Because you can't sell what you can't, um, what you, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't sell what you can't, um, there's a word on the tip of my tongue. Wow, I'm hosting a podcast and I can't think of words. <laughs> if you can't measure it, you can't sell it, right? Because you can't quantify what, what you're doing. So, Kirsten, I, I'm loving what Sean's saying about you and what you're doing because we actually got to where we were running some pre and postnatal groups and we'd have some newer trainers join us and they'd be like, okay, well, let's just do this. Let's run them. Let's jump. So let's do that. I'm like, yeah, it's probably not a good idea to do some, some sprints right now. It's probably not a good idea to do some jumps right now. Some of the, some of the ladies were great with it. Some of them, you know, we had to dial the newer trainers back to show them like, this is actually much more productive for them. So instead of me trying to remember back to when we were doing that, would you, um, obviously you're an expert at, would you mind giving us a couple of tips uh, working with moms that we could actually like learn from you right now? And you tell us like, what are some of the biggest mistakes that trainers make? And what are some big things you'd say, focus on this one or two things to make all the difference in the world when you're working with moms? Yeah, sure. I find that um, with your first part, I feel like because we're trainers and for us who get to do it full time, we can get bored. And yeah. so we feel like um, if we do one workout or one program and we do it more than once that everybody else is bored and that's a load of crock. Like they don't remember. I've had a mum who came to a makeup class and ended up doing the same workout twice in one week. She didn't even remember. I said it to her at the end and she was like, no, I didn't. Like, anyway. Um, That's baby brain. Yeah, it is baby brain in a different location. But anyway, so the, um, the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes you touched on is trying to go too hard, too fast, too soon. Um, mums are exhausted. They're tired. They've got baby brain and they need us to spoon feed them. And it needs to go back to basics. So yeah. the reason I... I damaged my core um, greatly was I only worked on the outside aesthetics. Didn't know so anything about talk, the inside. Talk to me through that a little real quick. What do you mean you only worked on the outside? For trainers that don't know, like we do sit-ups, we do planks. Like, what do you mean you only worked on the outside? Like what, what's, what's the op, what was the other part of that? Yeah, so the, I only focused on rectus, abdominus and obliques. Mm -hmm. I didn't 
have any awareness of diaphragm, transverse, pelvic floor, breath, posture. It was go hard, go fast, get in and out, thrash, 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 exactly like you said with your first five years, you feel the burn, it feels great, you feel like you've had a good workout, your clients do. 100% um, relate to the fact where if you ease them in at a level that's good for them, there is a mind shift that I promised you this is working. Like I have my progressive class that runs over 10 weeks and the first day we just activate pelvic floor and transverse, the two deep core muscles that I mainly focus on. And I'm like, and that connection is massive. It's don't rush it. You don't have to push through, like just trust the process. I have mums messaging me that day, the next day saying, I can't believe I can feel I worked my tummy because at the time I didn't feel like anything was happening because we feel like hard and fast is the win, but yeah. actually peel it back, super soft activation and then cruise in. So I think the advice for trainers is it's a mind mess and you have to be confident to, and what you're talking about to say, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be hard and fast. Trust me back here. Cause these ladies are tired. They need to like connect with them inner self and, and learn how to listen to what their body's telling them. Like Sean was saying, there's no one fix for everyone. So if somebody hasn't nailed pelvic floor and transverse, I can't progress them to the next workout yet because they've got to do that right first. Right. But if you're ready and you've progressed through, then that's cool. You can keep going. So it's like mm. go against the norm, go slower than feels comfortable and repeat exactly like you said. Mum life's repetitive. The actions we do in mum life are very repetitive. So us trainers are an amazing situation to get mums functionally strong, to be confident in the repetitive actions we do, which means our exercises are repetitive. And then we can be creative in the delivery of the workout yes. where we're giving the same exercises. I like that a lot. I think that's where if you find yourself getting creative in the design of the workout, you're either doing something that's going to go, um, you know, contraintuitive to what they need, right? It's, going to, it's not going to be helpful for them in the long run because you're just guessing what you want to do, or you're just making it up on the fly, which I think you got to have that ability as a trainer to, to adjust because you show up and my knee hurts or my back hurts or uh, I bench pressed maxed out yesterday. I didn't tell you, but I just did it. So I can't even move my arms today. Like, oh, well, we have to completely scrap the workout and do something different. Like that's a, that's a ne necessary skill. But I think uh, I'm talking about myself here, maybe a little bit. I live there too often, right? So it, it takes all my creativity just to come up with the workout rather than using that creativity to connect with the client, to, to give them vision about what's next to train them and coach them on how to do it and how to, how to activate things. I, I love what you said, guys, if you don't take anything else away from this whole thing and you're like, man, I don't even like this podcast anymore. Take this one thing away, like start slow and get them to like feel that slow purpose connection with their core. Like anybody can put anybody through the hardest workout ever. Just look up men's health, pull up YouTube or Instagram. You'll find a thousand really hard workouts more than that, you'll find so many, it's be ridiculous that so you won't be able to finish them all, right? And you'll just kill people and they'll love it. But it, a great trainer can convince someone, sell them on slowing down, on doing things the right way, on actually connecting with their body and focusing on what's going on, 
how they're moving, what's active, what's not active, and how to start feeling rather than just flex your abs, flex your abs, flex your abs, sit up straight, sit up straight. Like they don't know what that means. You've got to actually show them and let them feel it. That's a huge takeaway. I like that a lot. So if you don't know how to do that, that's actually a skill you need to develop. I would recommend finding what Kirsten does and like saying, hey, how do I do that? I want to be able to coach better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do, so start to experience as well. I like the connection with you guys, Sean and Kirsten. They, you've got pre-made core work. You're going to specifically stuff for moms. I'm assuming you guys have pre-made core work for moms. Is that what's happening? Or is this something bigger than that? Talk to me. Well, it's yeah. It's we, when we came together. Uh, when we first got introduced, we had oh, we had how many meetings did we have? We sat down for we probably had about three meetings a week for months, saying how can we combine our talents to to get our passions basically out there. And we came to this this conclusion that, as I mentioned before, a lot of what we uh, Kirsten knows and what she has taught me over the last two months, three of more, oh god, six months, we now need to get out there to other trainers, which is very very important, and that. And that knowledge. So uh, we designed a workshop together that is now selling out in Australia. We're going live with it in Asia, Malaysia and Singapore and all these other countries as well. Uh, and we've also designed a series of MP3 and MP4 workouts to go with the workshop. So it's not only about educating trainers and how to work with moms. And you know, it's very, very important. We're not just talking new moms here. As Kirsten says, when you're postpartum, your, your postpartum for life. It doesn't matter if you're an older mom who's in her 50s. Right, right, right. It's now approaching that perimenopause, that menopausal period. This These workouts and this education that we're teaching trainers is for all moms. It's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 year olds, which is really, really important. So yes, so we've got the workshop there and we've got a series of MP3, MP4 workouts that go with it to, uh, to just help uh, trainers train moms i like that a lot because there's so much education right where it's like hey you should do this but then there's no like education yeah there's no there's no way to present it it's like still on me to make it all up like if i go through a nasm training and they've got their postnatal or prenatal trainings and whatever they do and it's like well here's an opt for you that you can follow along and just plug in the but sure and then I'm going to go back to what I used to do anyway, because I haven't like really eternalized it yet. Or the other way around, there's just straight up like do this workout and share it with your friends or share it with your clients. And here's just post it everywhere, sell it to people. And there's no education with it. I don't really understand what I'm doing. I'm just telling them to do some half kneeling chops and I'm telling them to do some hip bridges or some core activation techniques. And I don't really understand why. I just know everyone tells me to do it. So I do it because it's good, right? So I like the combination of the two where people are, you get to actually learn about what's going on um, and you actually have some follow through and follow up with it too. That's really nice. So um, is, are these workshops like in person? I didn't even ask you this earlier, but is this, this is, I'm assuming it's like you fly to you from all around the world and they meet, right? Everyone's doing that now, right? <laughs> we all fly by a Zoom. It's all live. It's all, it's all live. The workshops are live on Zoom. We also record the workshop as well because what we find is when we do our sell-out workshops, a lot of people can't make it at that time. Um, so they can watch at a time that suits them. But more importantly, because there's that much content in our four-hour workshops, trainers have to go back and re-watch the recorded versions yeah. just to make sure they take that uh, content in and they apply it properly. So... 
four-hour workshop. Now, let me push back on this a little bit um, just to wrap my own mind around it. We were talking before we got on here, like, I want to try to keep this podcast to 20 to 30 minutes because of my <laughs> own lack of endurance when I'm on a screen. You know, like, I either want to, if I sit still for too long, I fall asleep, right? Like, that's just my life. I go, go, go. I sit down. I'm, you guys are lucky I'm not asleep right now. You guys are interesting. It's a great, it's a good sign. Uh, but have you noticed like a, especially in the, the world we're living in right now, have you noticed like a Zoom fatigue? Have you noticed that like it takes people, like it's hard to finish or you track that at all? Or how are you seeing this play out for you guys with your business? Because a lot of trainers are online. Like I'm really fortunate where I am. I do some online training, but um, I do a lot of in-person training because Florida's and in, in the U.S. is the wild west, and they're like, you can do whatever you want. We don't even care anymore. You just don't cough on anybody. We're all good, right? Like that's so. This is my life, and it's awesome. But I, a lot of people are stuck at home, online training, online education, TV. Their kids are online. Everything is online. So is that impacting what you guys are doing, or how do you make it different to where I don't feel like I'm just on a screen all day long? What is that like? I'll take this one, Sean. Um, we were really aware of that, and you can see um, I'm, I'm a highly practical person. I'm yeah. dyslexic. I'm um, like 99% kinesthetic, and so screens are average for me too. Um, so is the audible side. Like I need to do stuff to learn, so that's the way I teach. So we stop for two breaks in our workshop, and I give homework that they have to do right then and there. So like we've that. got... We don't just want to educate and we don't just want to give people amazing rope programs. We want to help people be successful and grow their business. That's so awesome. we're getting them to post straight away during the workshop on their social media handles. I'm getting them to like, I'm teaching them about the pregnancy, the hormone relax. And then I'm like, right, write down all your clients who are pregnant right now, all your clients that have got hormone relaxing in their system. We work through to, um, diastases or leaking, write down all the clients you've noticed run out of your class during skipping. Write those names down. That's that's a sign for you. So the, like the, the, the synapses that are that start firing when you realize, oh, they didn't need to throw up. Oh, they weren't tired. They yeah. didn't have a phone call. Every time we jump rope, I just thought she hated it, right? But like you yeah. realize, oh, I've got five ladies that always when we jump rope, when we jump, when we run, they they do something else and I can't ever get them to. That, that, that connection when you realize they don't just hate it but they just can't do it because yeah. other stuff's happening yeah. that's that's that alone is worth the price of admission if you're making people do that right away that's huge yeah so we and so we, there's two breaks and i've got them doing work during those breaks and then there's also i run them through part of a workout so i've got um our workouts are about 20 to 23 minute long and uh -huh. I run through a portion of it where I'm getting them on the ground and asking them to do it. And I'm watching them and I'm picking up things that they're doing wrong, that their clients will be doing wrong. And then I point it out. I'm like, you've got to look at that yes. posture, look at the dip, blah, blah, blah. So um, I would also fall asleep. Four wow. hours is daunting. Sure, couldn't <laughs> with four hours. <laughs> do you know, here's, here's the funny part about it. Is when we first started in these workshops, right? They were two hour workshops. And the feedback that we had received, because you know, we thought, 
God, if we do any more than two hours, people are going to get bored, senseless. They're going to be, you know, it'd be like taking a sleeping tablet. But we found that a lot of feedback was, listen, can you extend it out? Can you make them longer? Because the content was that good. And that's one of the reasons why we went even longer. And a big part of the workshop is not just about educating trainers on, you know, what Kirsten knows. A big part of the workshop as well as what we do is teaching them how to implement it within their business. Um, we're, I ran a, I ran a, a recent four-week call restore program within my local neighborhood. It was a free program, and I just wanted to see just how much potential was out there. And I got 150 participants in my local neighborhood alone, which isn't that big, of moms who were suffering from these issues. And I got a local physio to help me out. We used these workouts. And what I present on within the workshop is the successes and learnings from that. Because what happened from that workshop was I had a lot of moms who stayed on within my fitness business and became clients, paying clients. Wow. So the workshop isn't just about teaching pelvic floor and leakage and um, how to help moms, but it's also how to implement it within your business and get, and get more clients from it and get more sales. No, that's exciting. So as we're wrapping this up here, I like what you guys are saying. And um, the, the entrepreneur side of me is always like, I don't want something that's going to tell me like program things out. Like I want to do it my own. I want to make it new, but doing that for years, besides the fact that it gets exhausting and besides the fact that it's like probably not what's best for people because I get way too creative or I get lazy. One of the two. Right. But like, I want to bring this back to sales a little bit. Maybe you guys can, can, we can talk just for a minute about this, but it's helped me to have stuff pre-programmed out where it's not just hours of me working on it before I get to my clients, but I actually have a program in place that I can actually spend the time really thinking about what's coming next for that client, right? Like, are they, am I working to get them into a group? How, what kind of, how am I going to communicate with them or with this group of people during this session to add somebody else in here rather than just, oh, hey, let's do a group session now and make more money. Like, I'm going to set them up to have more success to re-sign up when that time comes, to continue on, to get, take the next step in fitness, maybe add another day, join a group, get something that's going to make me more, more money for my time and get them better results. And if I'm constantly just thinking of how am I going to program for them, all that other stuff aside, I can't help them. I can't help my own business. And I can't help them get what they need to get because I can't sell. And if you're listening to me for the first time, because you don't know me, you just know Sean and Kirsten, selling sounds like a really bad word to most people. And every trainer hates it, right? Like we hate the idea. I don't sell. I just train and my results speak for themselves, but you probably aren't any good at training. You probably um, are really struggling right now and, um, or somebody passed on a ton of clients to you and then you're great and you're set. But for the most people that are like really in this industry for the full, for full time, and this is their career, like you have to know how to connect with people and really take them to the next level. So Sean, Kirsten, whoever wants to jump on this, like, how, what would you guys say is your, been your best, best success or how do you, how do you connect with your clients um, through your training, right? Like it's not just like the first sit down sales session, but training is that odd, odd career where every time you meet with them, it's a sales meeting, right? Cause you got to convince them to do what you want them to do. You got to convince them to come back next time. You got to convince them to just not give up in the middle of a really hard workout. Like it's, you're selling everything about what you do, whether you realize it or not. So have you had some good successes there or where do you think trainers get it wrong? Where have you got it wrong? Or like, where are your successes and failures in that? What does that look like? 
I always remember when I first entered this industry 10 years ago, I, I thought myself to be like the Kevin Costner of the, uh, of the fitness industry, you know, the field of dreams. If I build it, they will come, you know, I'll, I'll have these really fantastic training sessions. They'll tell their friends, they'll tell their family, their work colleagues, and everyone will just swoop. It's not like that. No matter how good a trainer you are, you have to be a good salesperson. Um, I'm, a sales, I'm a salesperson with a fitness product. That's what I am. That's what I've realized over the last 10 years. I'm not just a trainer. I'm a, I'm a salesperson who sells a fitness program. And if I was to say what's helped me most of all be successful, it's relationship building without a shadow of a doubt. It's an art. Relationship building and rapport building is an art and it's an art that you have to learn if you're going to be good in this industry mm. without a shadow of a doubt. You have to learn to relate to all different types of people. From that mom who comes in and he's absolutely neckered to that CEO who trains with you. You have to be able to re relate right. to every single person. And once you That's build that relationship, it's, it's, you will keep them. That's a great point because it's really, you can trip over a handful of clients who have your same background, your same political stance and your same passions. And you could just rant and rave about those things where I grew up and what's this guy doing in politics? And I love this one sport. And you could just, and that's all you ever talk about with somebody rather than like really getting into selling through your coaching. There's going to be people that really love you. And the man, they, they get me in your head, but you're never going to grow outside of that. You know? So I'm not trying to water down people's passions and their beliefs. You know, we stand for things. That's great. I, I love that a lot. Um, America, you know, we're like, we're going to fight. I was just going to say that. Right? Go America. Yeah. So like, that's great. I'm, I'm all for that. Right. But like, there is a way to use that to your advantage in, the, in, a, in a training session and to help someone with it and in the long run, influence them to your passions and beliefs even more, maybe, you know, but like we can trip over the people. Just, you know, they just, they just come in the door because they heard your passion about this. That's great. Um, but do we sometimes let that get in the way of really connecting with what, what they're there for? You know, I think that's a, that's a good, a good thought to make because we can let our own passions get in the way of what they really need and what they really came to the, in the door. And it's important to remember, not everyone comes to you for fitness. Yeah. That's really important yeah. to remember. Yeah. A lot of people, I used to run a mom's group. A lot of them came to me because yes, I wanted to get fit, but it was just that one hour where they didn't have to deal with the kids, one hour where they could talk to adults, one hour where they could socialize. Yeah. So that's what you have to remember as well. Not everyone is there to get smashed. People are just there just to, just to you know, have that mental break. Yeah. Kirsten, what about you? What do you think? I'm um, working with mums mainly. I push um, very relational. Community is massive for me and being authentic and real I'm like the lies you see on social media, the fakeness, the pushing for you to get your pre-baby body back and aesthetics being the aim is like the opposite of me. Um, That's and awesome. Community. Um, so I, I'm naturally an encourager. And um, so I don't lie either. So I'm not going to say something that's a load of crock, but I do make a point of always if person's ever lied to you if she's ever lied to you write it in the reviews right now <laughs> <laughs> that lady lied to me <laughs> i'll go first <laughs> um so like if i see someone's press up getting stronger if i see someone recovering quicker if i see um they're struggling less because they're getting stronger if i see even if i see them struggling mentally so many mums struggle with mental health a passion of mine to help lift them up if they come and their kids are stressing them nuts i'm like flip well done on coming and just turning up like 
Yeah. So encouragement is massive for me. And you actually touched on my second one earlier with hope, giving women hope. Like you said, how you're starting off easy, easy, and then you're feeding them the crumbs of where they're working towards. And that's what I do with hope. It's like you start here, but if you can stick with it, if you can stay on yes. that journey, you are going to get here. So, and especially in the way the world is, there's so much hard stuff. So giving hope of any seed of goodness, um, that, yeah, encouragement and hope are really, really big for me with my community. I love that. I, I used to get so frustrated early on in my career when I'd see, I can see it now, a specific couple trainers would have their clients and they'd do a set and they'd sit there and they'd talk and they'd talk and they'd talk and then they'd do a set and they'd sit there and they'd talk and they'd talk. And I was like, what are you doing? This person can do more. Why are you? And I would make me so mad, but like this person, they came in every day and they trained every, when they weren't with them, they would come in, they'd have their program. They'd have to do it like they, but they were in it for the long haul with their clients, not just in it to just destroy them right now, get to a goal and be done. And I, I, I've come to appreciate that more and more because who knows where that guy would have been or that those ladies would have been if we don't take the time to talk with them and we don't take the time to hear about their day because everything else in their life, their job, their kids, their spouse, their, their house, everything else in their life demands that they are on their game right away. They, there's no like, there's no slow down. There's no pause button. It's just go, 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 go. And this is the one point where we can get a couple sets in, but we can take, we can take a break and we can talk and we can keep this thing going for a long time. And you, you know, you don't see a quick change in that kind of training, but I, I've asked myself this a lot. What would they be like if they didn't have that? You know, you never know how much they would have gained or how bad their life would have been without those moments of hope, without those moments of connection of community. That's a really, I like that a lot. So that's not everybody's style, but I, I, I can appreciate it a lot. And I like it a lot more now than I ever did before. Um, so that's, this is good stuff. Um, any, any final words, guys, for trainers? If people are interested in your, um, I guess it's all sold out, so we can't even mention it. You know, it's sold out, so that's, that's the point. <laughs> hey, if you want to get in touch with uh, Sean or Kirsten, this email you guys is our website. Where do we do? Yes, definitely. Uh, we, we have got our Facebook pages uh, for Sub30 Core. Uh, we've also got, Kirsten's got hers, uh, Casey Fit at home. Am I correct? this this four hour like mind-boggling training how do i do it they can come to our website which is sub30fitness.com and on there just go under sub uh go under core restore and they'll find it all there uh they can register for the recorded session so they can watch it at a time that suits them uh i really i just want to finish off with basically for the meal trainers out there um, this is really, really important. As a meal trainer myself, Ryan, and, and you obviously as well, what you will learn from, um, from this workshop from training, with, training females will just basically open your eyes. And, uh, you know, I've got the stage now within my fitness business. I have full-on conversations with my female clients regarding leakage, regarding pelvic floor. See, six months, 12 months ago, I would never have had those conversations. I would have been embarrassed to. But now from what I've learned over the last six months, it's just a normal conversation. So for the male trainers out there, please just don't think this is designed for female trainers because yeah. male trainers- Well, you'd be surprised how much, the longer you're in the industry, how much weird things people will just tell you, right? 
Like they just open up to you like a book and they'll tell you some stuff about, I, I did not want to know that. Right. But like (laughs) some of those things I remember because I don't have any experience or education on it. So I can't help you. And then some of them are just really weird. And I just, I don't want to be in this conversation. Right. So (laughs) this is one of the things where you can have education you can say, man, I've noticed this. How are you doing? You can have some conversations about it and like make, make a thing that's taboo. That's not, you're not supposed to talk about all of a sudden is a normal part of their life and you can help them. And like, talk about how to grow your business when it's not a weird thing to talk about and actually give them a solution. That's, that's all, no matter what the topic is, that's, that's powerful. Um, And there's another side and there's another side as well. It it also makes you a better husband, a better partner as well, because you understand what your wife is going through. Um, Exactly right. You know, from having babies and from what they're going through now with time of the month with excess, whatever it might be. It's amazing how much, how much I've learned as a husband as well from learning all this stuff. Sean, so you're, you're married, Sean? Sure, I'm 25 oh, years. Yeah. 25 years married, guys, and he focuses on this stuff. So if you're not married, I think that's the difference, right? You guys that are out there that aren't married, that want to get a wife, like maybe Sean knows it and he got married. I studied <laughs> it, not as much as him, but a little bit, I'm married. So I think, are you guaranteeing that guys will get married if they come to your workshop? Is that what you're saying? You'll get a wife? Is that... This- this is this is like yeah. I think I think we found another solution. Right, we got to end this now before it gets weird. That's a six-hour workshop, not a four-hour workshop. Hook you up with a Zoom wife. <laughs> it's actually a speed dating workshop, is what we're doing. Wow. You go to different Zoom rooms. Bounce back. No, no, no. Just swipe. Just swipe right. All right, guys. This has been I hate selling live. If you have not grabbed the book. I hate selling for the fitness professional. You should get it. It's free and it's awesome. I don't just think it's awesome because I wrote it, but it's a bestseller on Amazon. So Amazon knows a thing or two about, about books. So I hate selling book.com. Check it out. Grab it for yourself. Free copy there. And the audio version is available there too for a better deal than you can get it on Audible. So I hate selling book.com. And then tell me about what you read. I see people download the book every day. I want to hear from you guys too. A lot of you guys like to email me. I love this point. I love that point. I respond to every email I get. So shoot me emails. I want to have conversations with you about what you're learning and how to really dive in and make this a change in your business. And I want to see you guys do stuff like Sean and Kirsten are doing. where you are actually digging into people's lives and not just saying push, pull, lift, go run, but actually helping them change. So get in touch with them at Subcore. What is it? Sub30 Fitness. Sub 30 Core Restore. Sub 30 Core Restore. Check it out, guys. You need it. It's awesome. Train smart, live well. See ya.